Hi there SLPs, I've got a good one for you today. This one is my top five skills I believe every clinical fellow should have during their clinical fellowship year. When you graduate with your master's in speech language pathology, you are in a place where you've learned so much and you've gone through a rigorous program and it's time to celebrate your success and get ready to be a clinical fellow. Now, I'm not talking about things you have to have right off the bat, but things you can be honing to help your work-life balance as a clinical fellow. And the first skill I believe every clinical fellow should have is the ability to learn. You just did a whole bunch of learning. You've proven your ability to learn. Now keep that because when you graduate, you haven't learned everything yet. That's right. The learning doesn't stop after grad school. Asking questions is a good thing. When you don't know something or you need support or help with something, ask. When you have that ability to be open and learning, even the year and years to come after your clinical fellowship, you are going to not only be doing better by yourself because you're allowing yourself to grow and learn as a human, but as a clinician, you are then being open to providing the very best for your clients. And that is such a great thing. My second thing that I believe every clinical fellow should be working on or already have going into your clinical fellowship year is the ability to embrace your mistakes. I know in graduate school there might have been harsh consequences for mistake making. Not every program is like this, but I know from what I've heard and things that I experienced in my grad program, sometimes you don't want to make mistakes. You want to do it right the very first time. That's not life and that will not be how it is as a speech-language pathologist. Mistakes are gonna happen, and that's the best way we learn. When you're working with a child or an adult, whatever age your client is, they might throw you for a loop. You know, you might get a curveball from a student. Embrace that, you know, be thankful for your mistakes because they are gonna push you to learn and be a better clinician. And one day, you'll be looking forward to those mistakes because maybe you're, you know, nervous about a, a new situation and you know you might make a mistake and so you understand that that's gonna be an opportunity for you to learn and do better next time. That's the beauty of our field. We are always, always, always getting to repeat things and try new things and just, the learning is endless. My third skill I believe every CF should be at least working on during their CF year, I know I wasn't the best with this, flexibility. Now, I know you might hear SLPs are the most flexible humans. We are able to shift our therapy when needed. We're able to reschedule things when needed because we have all these students and teachers may not be able to send them to speech or our clients may cancel or whatever it is. Outside things can come our way and we can you know, maneuver what we need to. But what about with yourself? Are you flexible with yourself? Have you, you know, if you have a to-do list that's forever long and you don't get through all of it in one day, are you gonna be flexible with yourself and give yourself grace to then say, you know what, I'll tackle the rest tomorrow or I'll be more intentional about this specific activity tomorrow or whatever it is. You've gotta be flexible with you. That is how you're going to start building a good work-life balance, how you're gonna understand what boundaries you need to set. Give yourself grace. That is my third skill set and I think that is something that we can always be working on as many of these skills are but when you're a CF that ability to give yourself grace is going to be so huge and it's going to go a long way. Number four, the ability to collaborate. Okay this is one of my favorites because when I started my clinical fellowship year I was so intimidated by other service providers, by other teachers. I didn't know how to ask for their input and I want to be able to tell you that 
It's okay to just go up to them and say, hey, I wanna work with you on this goal. Or hey, can you tell me a little bit more about your classroom routine so I can understand how to best serve the student that I'm working with from your class. Maybe ask to be a part of an occupational therapy session, a physical therapy session. Build that rapport with other team members and service providers early so you can talk together because you are going to learn so much from other IEP team members or if you're in the medical you know, setting, other service providers when you're all talking about your client and you're going to be able to best serve your client if you have that collaboration open. Including other professionals' ideas when we're thinking about writing goals, when we're thinking about how our client is functioning is really a big deal because so much of the time communication and physical and you know occupational adaptive vocational all those things they all intertwine you know they're all part of another human's quality of life so to speak and so when we're collaborating with those other professionals it really does open a doorway of possibilities into the success for our clients but i know it's intimidating so i would say start just by building rapport with other team members if you're at a school like i was where there's a lot of people just you know, go into the workrooms, build that relationship and have a foundation to where when you go in to talk about your student, you already know something about that person. It's, you know, basic human connection. It's really fun when you all can collaborate and learn from each other. It puts you in that zone of proximal development sometimes and it's so cool. My fifth skill and arguably the most, most, most important, exercise the ability to take your SLP hat off. I did not do this my clinical fellowship year, or at least I didn't realize how I could be doing it. This is where I bring in elements of that it's important to play kind of thing. Have things that you do every day or a couple times a week that really encourage you to do what you love to do outside of being an SLP. I know we love our clients, we love our jobs. We might wanna go home and research more things about you know, tongue ties or phonology or the new norms or whatever it is. And that's great, you're being a lifelong learner in the field of speech language pathology. But don't forget what makes you uniquely you. If you are a musician, if you, you know, if your family is a big part of who you are, spend time with those people or doing those things on a regular basis. And when I say regular basis, at least one to two times a week. Because you don't want to lose yourself in this job. You are a service provider. You have clients that need you, right? But you need you and other people maybe need you, but you can't give back to all of those things unless you're serving you and making sure that you're honoring all the best parts of you. Do the things that make you happy. Do the things that bring you joy. For me, you know, when I first started out as a speech language pathologist, I'd also started taking weekly improv classes, comedy improv. I know me, what? But it was something that I didn't realize at the time was really allowing me to get outside of my SLP brain, find some balance in my life and play. And also in that play, be creative and be learning and put myself in a zone of proximal development outside of, you know, IEP meetings, outside of talking about speech sounds and language and just different things. It's a good thing if we can step outside of that and honor all the pieces of ourselves. That's it. Those are my top five. If you have any questions or want to see any more on any one of these points, please comment. Let me know what you think. And as always, say thanks more. See ya.